Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church Podcast Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your host for today's episode is Joanna Church. Today I am continuing on our topic of growing up and maturing spiritually. I am going to ask us to all look up and see a little farther today. When we are children just learning to walk, we keep our eyes on our feet, watching where we are going. We only see our own little life and our own little family and our own little house. But as we grow older and grow and mature, we start to look up and out into the world, to other people's homes and families, to other countries, and sometimes some people even look out into space. So today I'm going to ask you to look up and look into eternity and start to think farther than this earthly life and this current world system and the planet as we know it. Let's expand our spiritual view together. Have you ever asked yourself why we are still on this earth after we are born into the kingdom of God or after we get quote unquote saved? Why does God leave us here? I mean, if the only purpose for being on this earth is to get saved and that's some cosmic be all and end all, then there are two things God could have done. First, he could have just not made us in the first place. I mean, why go to all the trouble when he knew that by giving us the power of choice, we would choose against him so often? So, I mean, he could have just kept it nice and simple with the animals and the angelic beings and the plant life, but no, he made us knowing full well that to truly have a being that is capable of familial relationship with him, he would have to give us the freedom of choice. Love isn't love if there is no choice involved. Okay, so then what if, as so many of us have been taught, what if he did all of this just to have us be born, live, sin, and then either accept his offering to free us from sin and go live in some cloudy paradise strumming harps all day? Or the other choice to that is reject his offering to be set free from the eternal impacts of sin and go spend eternity being tortured by fire and demons. Well, then why not just take us out the moment we make that decision, right? Like, I mean... He obviously chose to make us, so option one, off the table. He made us. He wanted us. He wanted to have a relationship with us. He wanted to, you know, have us with him and be build a family with him. So if that's all it is, and it only matters on getting saved here and now, today, nothing else matters, where are you spending eternity? That's all that matters, heaven or hell. Well, then why not just take us out the moment we make that decision, can anyone listening hear how ludicrous these scenarios sound? I highly recommend that you go back to episode 74, where my brother talks about what the Bible actually says about what comes next in God's timeline. There's more to this eternity, more to God, more to our spiritual growth than getting saved. All right. 
So why are we here on this planet? What more is there for us to do here? You know, I think it is really hard for us to grasp the concept of eternity, which just means existence without the constraint of time or decay. But if we could grasp eternity, we would understand that our life here, whether a few days or a hundred years, is just like a blink of an eye. And honestly, look at how much damage and how much good we can do in that short little bit of time. Now, if you are a parent, let's put this in some perspective. When you choose to have children, you make the choice to bring this little being into the world knowing some pretty hard truths. First, you know that at some point in their lives and numerous times throughout their lives, they are going to suffer. They will have broken bones, broken hearts, broken souls, broken minds, broken relationships. You know this because you have lived long enough to see the truth of it. And you know that the only way to keep them from experiencing these things would be to take away all of their choices and all of the choices of every human around them, which of course you can't, or at least shouldn't do, if you want to raise a human who has strength and resilience and character and purpose. You know also that when they are little ones, they are going to break things, make messes, learn the word no. They are going to defy you. They are going to rebel against you. They are going to say hurtful words to you. And some may even say they hate you. And it doesn't matter how much you love them, how much you sacrifice for them, how much you give them, support them, show up for them. You know that they will eventually have to decide what kind of human they are going to be for themselves. So you know all of that. You know all of that before you ever conceive them. And yet you still believe that their lives, that conceiving those lives is worth it. You believe that their life can and will have meaning and purpose and joy and creativity and love and family. And that makes it worth it to you to give them a shot at growing up. I submit to you that we do that as humans because it is hardwired into our very DNA by the one who originally felt that our conception was worth it, that our potential, our creativity, our life, our purpose, our ability to be family was worth the messes we would make, worth our rebellion, worth our teenage hatred towards him. I mean, at the end of the day, like people might say, well, oh no, that's just, you know, it's not genetics, but God-given genetics. It's that evolution. It's survival of the fittest. It's these internal motivators. But, but see, that's where we're different from the animals. Animals procreate because that's what's in their nature to do, to keep moving. But they have no concept. They have no ability to think ahead and understand what their children will go through, what their offspring will go through. Humans know. Humans understand the pain, the suffering, the challenges, the good things, the amazing things, the purpose 
that their children will go through. So they, they see the full picture before they even conceive their child and they still choose to conceive them. Well, that comes from a greater motivation of family. And the truth is, if we, at our core, didn't really believe that life was worth it, we would all be asking our government leaders to nuke us off this planet and just end all the suffering we see. But the truth is, we don't want that. We don't want life to end. We want life to get better. We want people to grow up spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically. And we want people to choose goodness, choose life, choose mercy, choose love, choose righteousness, choose care and justice. And that is what God has wanted from the beginning of this whole period in the eternal timeline, that we would choose life, that we would choose him. It's one of the most well-known scriptures in the Old Testament. Joshua is speaking to the Hebrews who have just been delivered from the slavery of Egypt. And even though they had to go through that slavery, they went through it, they were abused, they were oppressed, uh, they were brought out of it. God said through Joshua to this people group that from that day forward, they had a choice And Joshua says to them, I set before you this day a choice, life or death, blessings or cursings, you choose. But I recommend that you choose life so that you and your descendants will live. Wow, the power of choice given to every single one of us. What will I choose in every interaction? Will I choose life? Will I choose death? Will I choose blessing? Will I choose cursing? And how I choose will not only determine my life, but it will determine how my descendants will live. Are we not seeing that play out in the world today? Of course we are. We're seeing how the choices of individuals, of communities, of cities, of nations, of the entire world are affecting not just us, not just the world, but our descendants after us. Now, if you are a parent who has ever had a child make the choice to leave you, they have rebelled against you, they've rejected you, they've left the house, you know, in a rage, and then they choose They make that choice to come back to you, to reconcile with you, that feeling indescribable. And that is how our Heavenly Father feels about us. That when given the choice of living with Him or without Him, we choose Him. When we do that, His heart bursts with love for us. And don't ever doubt that you have been chosen by God first. He chose you first, Jesus said. The fact that you are on this planet even for a day means that he chose you first. He said, you are worth conception. You originated from his very heart. The very moment he spoke the words, let us make mankind in our image. When he spoke those words, let us make mankind in our image thousands of years ago, You originated from his heart at that moment. You were conceived in his heart. So why am I going through all of this when talking about growing up spiritually? Well, because that is why 
we are still here on this planet. It's why he hasn't just taken us up into whatever the next step of eternity is. Once we say, yes, God, I choose you. I want to be with you. I want to spend eternity with you. He could just grab us up right then, but he doesn't. That's not what he does. If we are still on this planet, there is a spiritual maturing that he is saying should be happening in our lives because he wants to see us grow up in character and strength and resilience. Because the end result of all of this is not just going to a place called heaven when we die where we strum harps. No, there is a growing up that God expects of his children in just the same way we expect it of our own children, because there is more to our eternal lives than just our time on this earth and just some place called heaven at the end. So let's take a look at some scriptures that shows us this, starting in Colossians chapter one. This is the apostle Paul talking to the church at Colossus. I am a servant of the good news of the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. And this is that word, that the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To us, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. And that mystery is Christ the anointed one is in you and he is your hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present to God everyone fully mature in Christ, in the anointed one, Jesus. So the good news that we proclaim This is Joanna speaking now, not Paul. The good news that we proclaim is that the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah, and his anointing will dwell in us when we make the choice to come into God's family. We become one part of this family by that anointing. And that anointing and power of God will give us the hope of glory in eternity. Now, a lot of people shy away from that word glory, as I talked about in a previous message, but don't. Just as parents love to share their glory with their children and love to brag about the glory of their children to their friends, God is the same. Let's see how Paul breaks this down even further in Ephesians chapter 2 when he says this. But God is so rich in his mercy, and he loved us so much. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised the anointed Messiah Jesus from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with the anointed one and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with the anointed one Jesus. Why? Ephesians chapter 2, 7. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with the anointed Jesus. For we are God's masterpiece and he created us in the anointed Jesus so that we can do the good things in eternity, he planned for us long ago. 
Okay, did you hear that? Go back and read this passage for yourself. But did you hear it? There are future ages outside of this temporal material one that we know right now. And in those ages, God is going to point to us like a proud papa and show every spiritual, angelic, otherworldly, other dimensional beings his beautiful, mature family, his masterpiece of creation. We are going to be an eternal showcase of his fatherly love, grace, and mercy. And then once we are mature in him, filled to the brim with God's fullness, he is going to send us out into the universes he has created for us to do, create and build and govern and do the good things that he planned for us all along. But just like you can't turn the keys of the car over to a toddler, God won't turn the keys of the universe over to us until we are filled with the fullness of him, which is done as we mature in Christ. Take a look at how we've managed this single world, and you will understand why we need to mature before we can go into the universe with him. All right, I'm just going to touch on a few other scriptures that talk about maturing, because there's there's a ton of them. I mean, the Bible is filled with <laughs> scriptures about maturing, but let's just do them quickly. Hebrews 6.1. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Hebrews 5.14. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Pretty important if we're going to be managing eternity to know the difference between right and wrong. Ephesians 4, 13 and 15. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. 1 Corinthians 14.20, Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. I, I can't put it any more plainly. As long as you are on this planet, and my guess is even into our time after we leave this planet, we are supposed to be growing up spiritually, maturing, growing in love, Mercy, goodness, patience, kindness. You get the idea. Growing up, it says to look like Jesus. How will we know when we're mature? Well, when we look like Jesus, who was the perfect example of the kind of human that God was looking to raise when he said, let us make man in our image. There's another passage further on there that says, so then you are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are fellow citizens with the saints and the and are of God's household, having built in the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus himself is the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in the spirit. We 
are now being built into a dwelling of God so that when we move through the future ages of eternity, we take him with us everywhere we go. We move as a family, as a tribe through the ages. I don't know why the church doesn't talk about eternity and our role in it more and how God wants us with him for eternity, but that's why I am talking about it. It's exciting. It's the next adventure, and I want to be mature and ready for it. Here's what Jesus said about eternal life. It had nothing really to do with heaven or hell as places of eternal existence, right? So like, again, we keep hearing the church and, and Christians talk about eternal life is whether you go to heaven or hell, right? Like that's what you hear when you think eternal life, you're, that's what you're thinking about. But Jesus, he actually tells us what eternal life is. This is from John chapter 17. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come glorify your son so that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. There you have it in Jesus's own words. Eternal life is having an intimate knowledge and relationship with the one true God, being part of his eternal family. The Greek word there when he says that says that they may know you, the word for know is genosiko, genosiko, I think I'm saying that right, which means to know or to take in knowledge through personal experience, first-hand acquaintance and is even used when referring to sexual intimacy. So our eternity and our life in eternity is about our intimate experience and knowledge and relationship of who God is and who we are in Him. That is eternal life. That is powerful stuff. And will be essential to understand as we move forward in growing up spiritually. We have to understand that all of our growth, all of our maturing, all of it has to come from a personal, intimate acquaintance with our Father. What's very cool about this too is we think of eternal life as something that starts after we die. But here Jesus is showing us that eternal life actually begins when we come to know God through Jesus. So if you are listening right now, you are living present tense, in eternal life. You are living in life if you have come to know Jesus. And now he is going to work on helping you grow up spiritually until you are filled with the same glory and maturity that he has. That's amazing. He is helping us grow spiritually because he wants us to be filled with the same glory and maturity that he attained. If your only understanding of your relationship with God is on the level of, I don't want to go to hell, or I do want to go to heaven, you are actually missing out on the purpose of eternity and eternal life. 
So settle in your heart today that God is a father and mother rolled into one. He is the full parent, you might say, who conceived you, gave birth to your spirit, and has put you on this earth with the purpose of giving you the choice of what kind of human you will choose to be and whether or not you want to spend eternity as part of his family, fully mature as a spiritual being, part of the eternal tribe of the one true God. Your task in the spirit is the same as what your earthly parents expected of you. Grow up. Take responsibility for your growth, your character, and the fruit that you will produce in your life. Our next episode, we will get into the practical aspects of what tools God has given us to help us grow up. My prayer for you today, as you go out to be the church in your world, is that you would lift up your eyes, that you would see out into the eternal realms, see out into the fullness of who God is and what he has created throughout eternity. We are more than just our time on this earth. I pray that you would see how he wants you to grow up and mature in Jesus. Now go, be the church in your world. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, please subscribe so you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com to learn more about us check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become part of this church family movement.